Tapes. The most listened to radio show on the planet. Even the other stations are tuned in too. Hey, this is Hunter from Thrills United, and you're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. Hi, this is Skylar from Coaster Kids and Thrills United, and you're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. Hi, I'm Jacopo. I'm the Thrills United Coaster representative from Rome, Italy, and you are listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. Hey guys, it's Logan from Thrills United, and this is Thrills United Month on the Coaster Challenge Podcast. Hey, how's it going, everybody? This is Thrills United Month here on the Coaster Challenge Podcast, and I'm David Cantu. And I'm Michael Shifley. And today we've got a very special treat for you guys because we also, it's not just like Happy New Year to everybody out there. Hello, 2022. (laughs) It's going to be an incredible year, and we're going to kick it off with a very, very special month for you guys. We're going to kick off January with a very special edition for the first time here on the Coaster Challenge Podcast. We are going to highlight the Thrill united month and we're going to be celebrating thrills united which is a great organization right here in the u.s but it's really an organization that makes an impact all the way around the world yes you can find thrills united representatives from anywhere between spain germany japan and more there's even some in australia now i heard yeah it is thrills united was started by logan joiner who also originally started coaster kids and coaster kids is what really has helped grow and made Thrills United the way it is today. And their mission is aligns along with our mission is we are out there to help people be able to push their fears, be able to help break their fears, break their anxieties, help get them out of depression, but also building friendships, building a community and just bringing everybody together with a common phrase, be brave and ride on. And what's amazing about Thrills United is a lot of these kids started out as coaster kids themselves, and they've grown just like Logan has to Thrills United reps that you can see today. Yeah. And it's really amazing because a lot of these kids that are Thrills United reps, we've watched them either in person or on just on YouTube alone over the years, just watch them grown. And I remember seeing some of these reps when they were kids during coaster kids and now just seeing them as grown teenagers, their voices have changed. It's just really amazing. And uh, But these guys have stuck together for so many years. The fact that they're doing this, that's why we are honored as a, on behalf of the entire Coaster Challenge podcast team that we want to be able to celebrate Thrills United Month with these guys. And we are going to kick off our first episode of the Thrills United Month with a very special guest, with one of Logan's regional representatives. We actually have here on the podcast for our first season, our very first internet national guest, Iva. Yes. So we have Lapoco here and Lapoco is from Italy. And what's amazing is that he started his love of coasters at a very young age, riding the mine train ride at his local park. Yeah. Just like a lot of us coaster enthusiasts, it's amazing how we start off by just by the little coasters and how the little coasters can make us ride even the bigger coasters to even having us doing even more thrilling things. Like the one thing about Thrills United is that it's not just about roller coasters. They do like high thrill adventures from skydiving to bungee jumping to cliff jumping, you name it, anything that's a high thrill, that's what Thrills United is doing. It's basically pushing your fears, bumping it up a notch by challenging yourself to do even more extreme thrills. 
Yes, the big thing about Thrills Unite is training yourself to face your fears. Like you said, whether it be something very extreme or something just is getting off of your your first roller coaster. So Andrew is standing by with Lapuco. That's going to be a great interview coming up. But first, the biggest thing is like, what is Thrills United? Why are we celebrating Thrills United Month here? You know, Logan had the opportunity to sit down with all his regional reps to be able to have a really fun Q&A discussion of what it's like to be a regional rep. So take a listen. Hey everyone, it's Logan, and this is actually going to be what it's like to be a Thrills United regional representative. So the first question is, what do you like best about being rep for Thrills United? The thing I like most about being a Thrills United regional representative is the sense of community and all the friends I've made. I personally love the fact that I've been able to meet so many people and become part of a really massive community that cares about everyone. So the thing I love the most about being a Thrills United regional representative is the memories or the adventures you can create with all, all the teams, so thanks for that. One of the things I really enjoy having the pleasure of being a regional rep is just everything I get to do with it. I love providing content for Logan, especially during the times during the offseason where Florida is really the only state that has everything open, so I do love going to all the parks throughout the season, trying to give him content so you guys can always be entertained. I will also say I love everything I get to do, like going to IAPA for Coaster Kids and Throws United, which is so fun, and I'm so thankful for that especially for Alex Crump and Sean Sandbrook from Theme Park Worldwide. They were with me the whole time at IAP and we were just talking, giving me advice. It was just such a blast. That'll always be a week that I will just never forget. I love um, helping people face their fears and go on rides. Is, I know there's people out there who's like scared to go on rides and, and they don't know like how much how fun it is to go on them. I love being a regional representative because I get to meet cool people and I get to be a part of a great community. What I like most about being a Thrills United regional rep is definitely all of the amazing opportunities I get and all of the amazing friends I've made. I love it so much. What I like most about being a regional rep is that I'm able to meet so many new friends, go on such amazing trips with them and make so many fun memories with them. Now I am still pretty new to the Thrills United community, but what I really like about it is just how quickly people have become friends in, the, in this community. Yeah, I just think it's such a good social thing to have this channel going on and yeah, that's that's what I like about it. The thing I like the most about being a Trills United regional representative is the community that we form behind the scene, like between us. That is the best part of it. By far. For sure, my friends, the community, the people we meet, just like it's not the coasters or the parks or anything, it's the people. It's so nice. I mean, the trips are like so fun. All the people that I've met through them, you know, meeting fans at parks. It's just, it's the most wonderful thing. It's it's awesome. That's like by far, I feel like for most people that are in Girls United, the community is just such a big part of the whole experience of being a regional representative. What I like most about being a Girls United regional representative is all the friends that I've made and all the cool new experiences that I get to have. And to be honest, all I have to say is it, it makes me so happy that all of you guys love doing this. I'm very thankful that I have so many extraordinary people on this team. It, it just makes me very happy. My favorite moment so far on this channel is something actually none of you guys saw the behind the scenes for. It was the launch of this channel. And it was like back in October when I thought of the idea to uh, turn Coaster Kids into a charity and launch this new channel, Girls United. I already thought of the name, we already got the logo figured out, we got all the merchandise designed, printed, and purchased, and all of that was done in secret. 
and we actually almost missed the premiere. Me, my mom, and my dad were on a trip to the Carolinas, and we got stuck in traffic, and we arrived to the hotel literally like 20-15 minutes before the premiere. It was pretty stressful, especially since I didn't know if people were gonna like it, I didn't know if people were gonna hate me, and if people hated me, I would have wasted thousands of dollars, so I would be screwed. And during the premiere, uh, me and my family were launching the new channel, turning it from private to public, uploading the first video, and also doing the same thing for our Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and we were like so nervous for what the turnout was going to be, but it actually turned out amazing. Some of my best friends were calling me, congratulating me for the change. We gained around a thousand subscribers that night. We got a ton of views on the bungee jumping video, and that was just an incredible fun experience that happened so fast, and I just absolutely loved it. So that's it for this installment of the Q&A, and stay tuned for the next few questions and answers. We'll see you guys later. Thank you, Logan. All right, so Andrew is standing by with our first guest from Thrills United, and that is Lapuco from Rome, Italy. It's our first international guest, guys. We're very excited to have him on. So take it away, Andrew. This is Andrew, one of the producers of the Coaster Challenge podcast with you once again. Today, we have a special guest. Welcome from Thrills United, Jacopo. Hi, Jacopo. How you doing? Hey, guys. What's up? Not too much. How, how, you, how about yourself? Lucky you. you been any, any, <laughs> yeah, getting any theme parks, yeah. Uh, theme yeah. parks here in Italy are closed until the 15th. 15th of this month everything is still closed here oh okay so the 15th okay so what are you already have plans is which park is gonna be your first probably Mir uh, mirabilandia mirabilandia oh nice nice i've heard uh, good things i've not been there yeah from the 20th onward for the weekend gotcha wow weekend. hope that works out well nice nice so when we uh, get started here why don't you tell us about yourself can i already establish you live in europe but uh, you live in italy correct yeah i'm Jacopo. i live in italy in rome to be more precise i'm 19 i love riding my motorcycle and riding coasters. I also have a huge interest in the entertainment, like the entertainment industry, more precisely the backstage of the productions. And that's what I studied uh, in school. Nice. Okay. So you said you have a motorcycle. What kind of motorcycle do you have? I have two motorcycles. I have a small 125cc that is it's a small bike, but for Rome, it's it's about fine. And I have Kawasaki versus uh, 650. Oh. It's my main bike, actually. Nice, nice. I actually have, have owned a couple, uh, two Kawasaki Ninja 650Rs oh. years ago, about uh, yeah, 15, 14 years ago. Yeah, exactly. The four-cylinder 650, right? Nice. Yeah, those are fun bikes. I, I've uh, had many sport bikes over the years. I'm now retired from riding. It's just, uh, you probably hear, you probably hear lots of things about us crazy Americans over the over the pond there, but actually, you know, there's some... way better than us like oh uh, yeah i've heard about drivers in italy it's crazy <laughs> Yeah, I've heard about drivers in Italy. That's a good point. But we have some crazy drivers here in the U.S. Like I, I live in uh, Central Florida, you know, near Orlando, and lots of tourists. And I've always made this joke: when people go on vacation, they don't bring their brain with them. You know, their IQ goes down or whatever. <laughs> so all these all these people that are not from this area that you know don't know the local roads, it's very dangerous and it's just not worth it. I see so many accidents happen. So you said you uh, you were really into backstage production. So uh, when we talk about theme parks, more so theme parks than amusement parks so your your universal your disney's your your highly themed parks they do tend to have a lot of stage shows and live shows so is that the sort of thing you kind of are into kind of the how that all works yeah also actually the closest park i have here to my home is chinichita world it's a theme park with the with movies movie scenes and movie theming it's not really as well done as a universal park or a disney park but is it's what we have here yeah that is really really interesting especially like how they 
can entertain you. I don't know right. if I can get the point. No, that makes sense. What is very interesting is how they can entertain you. Like, what is the mechanism behind the fun? I think right. that is really, really interesting. Not only for theme parks, but also for television, movies, and all that sort of stuff. Nice. Yeah, no, it makes really a lot of sense. Me. So uh, let's, uh, let's talk more about uh, theme parks. Let's talk about coasters. So I, I know you're a big coaster guy. So tell me, what was your first coaster that you wrote? Well, it's hard to pinpoint one specific coaster. That was my first one because my father used to take me like once a week to this uh, local park that we had. It was called the Luneur. Now we st- we have another Luneur, but it's not the same park as it used to be. Like when I was five or six, he used to take me there once a week. So it's probably one of their coasters. The most influential coaster they had was the mine train, Trino della Miniera. I think I wrote that coaster like five or six times every visit. <laughs> that is probably nice. the coaster I've written the most in my life. Okay. And that is what actually started my passion for coasters because I was riding that ride and at the end of the ride, I was always looking toward the Schwarzkopf that was just next to it. And I was wondering, wow, that looks so wonderful. I, w- I wish I could ride it, but I wasn't tall enough. So that's how it all started. Nice, okay. That park closed in 2017, I think. I never got to ride that Schwarzkopf in that park. I was actually able to ride it when it was relocated to another park here in this area called the Zomarin. So yeah, I actually got to ride that coaster. And it nice. was my actually my first really big ride. Right, right. And this is a mine train style coaster, you said? Um, no, the Trenino della Miniera was the mine train. Uh, oh, the okay. Schwarzkopf was uh, um, just a uh, looping star. Oh, okay. Uh, like yeah, the one talking about or right right you were talking about the mine train then you jumped to the source got it yeah. now i understand so you rode the mine train though first right that was your yeah, earlier that was probably my first, first coaster right was that an arrow mine train or a different company uh it was a pinfari pinfari, okay. pinfari. interesting yeah but it makes sense that uh you know it, and that, that park was there in italy yeah in rome right Center. so of course yeah so first it makes it makes sense pinfari would be more popular there given the Italian company. And I'm guessing you also see a fair amount of Zamperla rides there. Uh, not really. Really? In the smaller part, we can see some Zamperla and you can see them in the flat rides, but I, I can't reckon any coaster from them, like big coaster from them here. Right. Well, Zamperla, they don't they don't make a lot of coasters. They, they make some. I've been on a couple of them here in the US. They're more about the flat rides. That's yeah. really their bread and butter. So, so you see those. Okay, makes sense. Talk to me whether, whether it be, you know, one those first coasters you talked about, maybe the Schwarzkopf or maybe something more recent. Talk to me about the coaster that you've been on that scared you the most. The one that scared me the most was Katoon the first time because I went to Mirabilandia the first time when I was nine. I wasn't able to ride any coaster, any of the big coaster because they have an age limit. You must be at least 12 to ride their big coaster. I'm accepting my thought about this because it's not really smart in my opinion, but it's their way of doing it. I remember seeing this huge ride and it was just crazy and like nothing I've ever seen before. I've always seen a sit-down coaster. This was my first theme bird. It looked mind-blowing. The next year, when I was 10, I told myself, like, you look old enough to tell them you are 12, so you can ride them. When I was 10, I actually got my first ride on Katoon, and I was remember, like, looking at this huge ride before getting on it and thinking, wow, that it's 
absolutely crazy. Like, I don't think I can do it. But then I got on. My mind blew. Like, it was the best thing I've ever done in my life. It actually became one of my favorite coasters. And it stayed there for quite a while, actually. Right, yeah. And and so, yeah, Fatun, uh, that's kind of, I guess you could refer to it as a second generation or, or latest generation B&M invert. It's not like the early ones like Batman or Raptor at Cedar Point, which are you know, a little bit, you know, not as tall, not as large of a ride, but but Katoon and Banshee, I think they're right about the same height, just shy of 200 feet, like 160 some odd feet. Uh, so they're faster, they're taller, they're longer, they're the big B&M inverts. So I can imagine how that would be intimidating. Yeah. So so let's talk a little more about that. So the first time you wrote it, talk to me um, about what was was going through your mind as you were, uh, you know, getting ready to go on it, you know, in the line approaching the station. My first ride was quite a strange story because I remember that that day, first thing of the day, I went straight to high speed. I wasn't really afraid of high speed. I looked exciting but not really scary after my first ride on high speed that was blown away i decided to buy the in mirabilandia it's called the flash pass it's the skip the queue skip the line yeah and the one i bought was not the most expensive one but it was the one that allowed you to skip every major ride at the park one quirk that they they used to have at mirabilandia was that if you didn't like to, to ride one ride you could use that spot on another ride uh, for example i used my high speed and then i could use like uh, the tower on high speed to get a second ride i got like two or three rides on high speed and then i decided to go and check out the other coaster i went to Katoon and like first the first thing when you see it is wow that that is huge that is I mean it's scary I I don't know how to explain it it was scary but I I had this this pass jumped in the the fast fast pass queue I got straight into the station and I think that that was crucial for me because not having to wait in the line didn't let me think about what was about to happen I started realizing what what had I done just when I was climbing up a little there was this <laughs> moment when I was going up that I was like oh crap whatever done but it was too late i could do nothing to stop it so i had to just go with it and it was actually one of the best thing i've ever done in my life <laughs> so it's interesting and we've heard this from other people we've talked to in the show here where if they sometimes they don't have enough time to really think about things or you know a lot of coasters like the ones we're talking about high speed and so forth and cartoon they're outside most coasters, most big coasters are outside. But on occasion, you have coasters inside, you know, Universal Disney, or even sometimes Cedar Fair parks, even Six Flags parks, in some of the other parks, probably in Europe. I know Efteling, for example, is like that. A lot of coasters are inside. You can't see the whole coaster. You can just see the loading area. So you, you don't have your eyes giving you anxiety, giving you fear. But for you, you're not, you wouldn't have that blessing at, at Mirblandia, you know, with Tatoon or Ice Speed, because it's right there. It's all outside, like a typical Six Flags part so but luckily for you with the, your skip the line pass you're able to get on it quickly and not have your your mind second guess you or give put fear into your head and so forth so you got on it and you're able to conquer the fear by not having the fear for too long it sounds like and then you said you loved it yeah i absolutely did <laughs> Okay, now uh, I'm going to guess that you've been on, would you say that you've been on taller uh, coasters, faster, bigger coasters since then that, that normally oh, would yeah. scare, would have scared sure. you more, right? But did those scare you? Those didn't scare Absolutely you as much, right? No. Absolutely and why is that? And why is that? Because like when you realize that it's not dangerous for you, you just 
like all your fear go away. Right. You feel safe going there. So even if you know that this dollar is faster or scarier, like, you know, it's going to be fine. You focus more on the fun part rather than the scary part. Right. Would you say that kind of facing your fears on Khatoum and realizing, oh, wow, this is this is not not so scary. It's not scary at all. It's actually fun. That sort of that trained your mind to be okay with other coasters. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's really what one of what kind of the the central mission, one of the key aspects of the mission of our podcast is, is to show to people, hey, theme parks can actually help you. When one for one example, like we're talking about here, they can help you face your fears. So that you're not scared of other things later on, things that might even be even more intimidating if you had not trained yourself to face fear to begin with. And then there's other things we talk about as well, other benefits of theme parks, theme park therapy and things like that. How, how old were you? How many years ago? You're 19 now. How many years ago was it when you rode Katoon? Nine years ago. I was 10. Okay. So you were, you were really young. Okay. Yeah, I can tell you because uh, uh, they had that age limit and I was way younger than that, but like they don't That's change, right. So. That's right. You said the 2012 years old, right? The age limit. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Okay, that's right. I forgot about that. We all have different moments in our lives where we face the same sort of thing. You know, facing this major fear on a coaster, for some of us, you know, it's a mega looper, like for me with lots of inversions. For you, it was an invert because it was very different from when you had been on. For others, it's X or X2, you know, a crazy Arrow 40 coaster or, you know, a host of other coasters. It, it, it doesn't matter. For each of us, it's a different journey. It doesn't matter what coaster it is that we conquer. For David, it was uh, California Screaming with just one loop at California Venture. And the loop was what scared him. It was just that one loop. Doesn't matter what it is we conquer or how we conquer our fear. It's the fact that we conquer the fear. That's what matters. So I'm glad that you had that great experience on Katoon. So let, let's talk a little bit more about the impact of riding Katoon. So obviously you loved it. You started to run after and go after all kinds of other coasters. Was there any other ways in which conquering that fear on Katoon helped you in your life, impacted your life? It impacted my life in many different ways. The main way was that after that experience, I started wanting to ride more and more coasters and go out and try different different parks visit visit different parks ride new coasters thanks to that i started traveling more visiting more parks and get to know more people and that was a key point of my life because like you get in this beautiful community and like it does change your life because you met great people um you have great conversation and you make new friends that's a key For sure. point of this this whole experience actually for sure i can definitely relate to that I, i'm guessing you've had some similar experiences like that because you got involved with coaster kids is that right yeah also yeah it all started when i wanted to to go to new parks and try new coasters 2019 i've done this huge trip in the u.s i spent five weeks traveling through the u.s and going to different parks and ride new coasters. By chance, by actual chance, the day I was in Kennywood, there, it was also a coaster kid day. So I recognized them. I went there and talked to them. So that started it all for me. So that's when you became a coaster kid or, or yeah. got connected with them? Nice, nice. And that, Logan was there, I take it? Yeah. And Jeff I've as well. I've known coaster kid for, for quite a while then, but I'm not a really, how can I say, I tend to value myself way less than I actually am valued. I don't know mm. if I get the point. No, that makes sense. So, but so, talk about that. So in other words, other people see you in a better light, in a, in a, in a higher way than you see yourself. Exactly. Right. Mm -hmm. So can you, can you talk about that? Can you share a little more light on that? My point is I've known Coaster Kid for quite a while, but I never tried to become a, a member on my own. 
not because I wasn't able to. Like I could have recorded a video and sent to them and maybe I would have been chosen. Uh, the point is, I don't think, I didn't see myself being worthy of that. I don't I know. I see. No, I get um, it. I get it. Yeah. Like I got that opportunity. It's also beneficial to you because you understand that you are better than one, what you think you are, you know? Right. So right. this is also part of what being a coaster enthusiast made me. Like if I wasn't a coaster enthusiast, uh, a coaster enthusiast, I never got, I never would have had the opportunity to become a member of Coaster Kid. I would have never got to, to talk with you, to, with you right. guys today. Right. So you need to jump on these opportunities, embrace them, actually. Of course. You got to embrace life. Yeah, for sure. So it sounds like to me, and this is something that's very common with people in general, uh, not just, you know, whether it be in the coaster community or not involved in the coaster community, is it's a matter of self-confidence. Yeah. And we all have that in life. Yeah, we all have. That's okay. Yeah, I know English is not your first language. That's, you know, you're doing great. You had some self-confidence issues, didn't think you were worthy or ready for coaster kids to be something like that, but you got involved with them. And has your self-confidence changed since then? It's a work in progress because like, I don't think that I'm that bad. I don't value myself like that low, but I think... I'm not perfect. Therefore, like you can name at something, but it's always too high. I can make you an example. Last year, sure. uh, when we were about to, uh, to give uh, our final exams at, at school, uh, one of our teachers asked us what grade, uh, how we valued ourselves. Right. What grade should she give us? Right. And I know I was great at that subject, but I didn't think I was that great. So I said I should have an eight. Like we have this one to 10 grade. So right. I gave myself an eight, writing down this, this huge letter letters and like I know I'm good but not that much and she told me no I think you are 10 it's like there are this small thing that build up your confidence and sure it's not something that is immediate it's the small thing that build it up over of course years. sure yeah I mean you said you're a work in progress you know what I got news for you Filippo. again I'm a lot older than you I'm almost 30 years old than you I've had a lot of life experience we're all a work in progress we every single human being is a work in progress till the day they die whatever that may be. And, you know, even if they live a hundred plus years, it's there, you know, people are constantly approving, changing, learning. So, um, and you mentioned you're not perfect. And again, no one is perfect. You know, it, it sounds like to me, and I've had this in my life as well, in terms of like the work that I do at times where the expression that I am a perfectionist, that I strive for perfection. And it kind of slows me down because I'm checking my work or redoing something because I want it to be quote unquote perfect or close as possible to perfect. And maybe that's something that you have and my, <laughs> but yeah, I know I, I had have a feeling. It. I know I have it. I had a feeling from what you said. So my best advice to you there is remember, just remind yourself that you're you're not perfect and that's okay because no one is perfect. No human being is perfect. Sometimes and most of, most of the time, you know, what your, your first shot is, you know, it sounds like you're a pretty smart person. You really, you really do well for yourself. You know, you, you thought you had an eight, which was you were being very modest and your teacher said you deserved a 10. That, that tells a lot. So my, my advice to you is just don't worry about perfection. Just go with your gut and, you know, trust that, you know, you've done good work before and that should help you in, in being happy with the work you do just to begin with on a given project or, or, you know, an, you know, maybe a, a paper you're writing or an essay or, you know, an exam or whatnot, but uh, don't get bogged down with having to be perfect because that, you know, that can kind of kind of cloud your judgment, if that makes sense. You've been involved with Coaster Kids now for, for since 2019. So about two years. Two years. In your, you know, you said you're a work in progress, but would you say in the past couple of years, being involved with Coaster Kids has your, your, your confidence has gotten better, right? It has. 
does. Because if there is one thing that I cannot stand, like I, I used to not stand, is taking picture of myself. I don't know. Right. It's, many people have this problem, but it's something that I cannot stand. Like if somebody takes a picture of me and don't show it to me, I'm pretty fine with it. But if I have to see it myself, like, it gets <laughs> sketchy, you know? With Closer Kid, I was forced to film me and see my, myself in videos. And that helped me. That helped me a lot. Nice. Actually, I used Trails United video as my final video for my exam. Wow, uh, really? And, how, yeah. and uh, how'd that go? What kind of grade did you get? The maximum grade, so 100. Nice. Awesome. Congratulations. I had a feeling you were going to say a very high grade there. So that's very cool. So so Coaster Kids and, and Thrills United, which has become or, you know, transitioned into all the a lot of the Coaster Kids became Thrills United. So it sounds like it's been a very positive influence on you. It does. Unfortunately, right, right. now everything is stopped and like making new videos is kind of hard. We're That's only stopped. temporary. That's only temporary. You know, it sounds like, you know, you've really had a great influence uh, from, from the Coaster Kids and Thrills United. And I'm not surprised because to be honest, as of a few months ago, I didn't know a whole lot about Coaster Kids or Thrills United. I had met a few people like Itai here in Florida, really nice kid. I had heard of Jeff and Logan, never really seen them. I'm not a big YouTube person, believe it or not. I know I'm a coaster person. Just because you're a coaster enthusiast doesn't mean you're obsessed with YouTube. I don't do a lot of YouTube. I'm much more of a podcast person. Love podcasts, hence why I'm helping produce this one. Jeff, I've since come to meet Jeff. I've interviewed Jeff. I've met him in person. Uh, Logan as well. And they're great people. Jeff is a great role model. Great dad to Logan. So I'm so glad, bottom line for you, that this organization, or these really these two organizations, Coasters Kids and Thrills United, have had such a great influence on you. And how cool! I'm assuming this this final exam. When was that? That you submitted that was uh, that this year? year? Last year. year. Uh, I'm assuming you told Jeff and Logan about that, right? Yeah, I think so. I bet they were really excited about that. I, I cannot remember, but I think I told them. Yeah, I bet. They yeah, because I needed neat. the file. Right. That, that's that's really yeah. Of course, to submit. That's which now. Yeah. What video was that? What was the video of? It was the video I shot at FujiQ Island in Japan. Oh, yeah, at FujiQ. Yeah. Oh, nice. You've been to FujiQ. Awesome. Just before yeah, COVID I... started, so. Right. That was like yeah. I, I went there in 2007. I went there. Rhodesia Nika and uh, Dodopa. It was before it became Dodopa. <laughs> you know, it was the old, the original uh, and, you know, the other rides there. That was a, a beautiful park. Did you, it sounds like you, did you enjoy that park? Yeah, I did. It was really nice. great. Tell me, well, first of all, how many coasters have, what's your coaster count? Well, how many coasters 418. 418. Yeah. 418. You're 19. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's, I mean, I know Logan's count is up there, but first Logan's been all over the place, you know, and his dad really helps with that because his dad travels a lot for work. But you at 19 years old, you know, I don't keep like active tally of this, but you know, I've met a lot of people. I've interviewed a lot of people. I know a lot, you know, myself, my count, it just went up to 345 this past weekend. You know, David's, I think, you know, in the 200s. Um, I have a lot of like intense coaster enthusiast friends that are in their 20s and even their 30s here in the US and they travel all the time. And their counts are, I think, still in the 300s, maybe 400. And at 19, you've been on 480, 480? No, 418. 418. 418, yeah. 418, okay, yeah, no, it's still well over 400. Impressive. So so you obviously, you mentioned the trip in 2019, you did a lot of parks in the US. You've been all over Europe, right? Almost, yeah. And yeah, okay. Well, yeah, some of Europe. And then you've obviously been to Japan, other parts of Asia as well, or just Japan? Uh, no, just Japan. So speaking of, of favorite coasters, look at all 418. 
lot of coasters you've been on. Of all 418, which of them is your favorite? 418 is a huge number, so it's really hard to choose one over all the, the rest. You can, you can um, mention a couple if you want, or a few, that's fine. Also, one thing that can balance your, your experience is how good was the ride when you went to the park? Right. It may, may really well vary like your top list so um, yeah what i do yakopo what i do because that's something that i wrestle with for example x at magic mountain used to be my number one coaster if i were to rate it based on my first ride on it because i wrote it opening year i wrote it literally like the first week it opened as part of season pass holder previews if i were to continue to rate it based on that it might still be my top number one coaster. well probably number two but i the way i rate coasters and you know and we all have our own system there's no set way of doing this the way i rate coasters is based on my last ride on that coaster what the what i know most recent to be what the experience is like that i personally have experienced that's what i do like yeah considering the fact that i may have like some really good ride on one coaster and then Maybe the next time, the next visit, I have one really bad ride that ruins them all for me. Right. Like I find, I find it really hard to pinpoint one coaster that is my number one. But I can say that there are many coasters that I've always had really awesome experience. One of them is Storm, uh, Storm Chaser at Kentucky Kingdom. I nice. have no idea why, but I always, always had an awesome experience in the park with the, the ride ops and crew. It, I don't know. It, I just love that ride. Some other really good ride, maybe Hyperion in Energylandia. Uh, right. Zadra as well. As I said, Katoon is a really good ride. Montu, Montu as well. I really enjoy right. Montu. Yeah, there are just too many I can <laughs> I can choose for wow. another ride like for a best ride sure well no those are those are some good ones and makes a lot of sense what would you say is your least favorite coaster oh I think the worst experience I've ever had on a coaster right. is probably flight deck at Canada's Wonderland ah okay talk to me about that the train just was so slow on those maneuvers and it was so shaky I think it was one of the few coasters I really felt sick getting off so very really shaky a lot of vibrations and your, yeah. your head and was, was getting super burned. slow it was super slow compared to other SLC right and yeah and it is an SLC so I get it so you know we you're the first person outside of the US that we've had on this podcast and likely not the last given the other people we have booked right now already but so it's kind of fun talking to you you know for you like oh yeah I've been on G-Force 10 times and all this stuff and you know jealous and all that so so I'm curious because you know different perspectives and everything what would you say I'm going to ask you a couple of questions so same kind of question what would you say is the number one coaster you've never been on that you're the most excited to get on and same thing with the park what park that you've not been to that you're most excited to go to as the park goes I'd say probably either Europa Park or Liseberg the ah, thing okay. is that I've come so close to go to Europa Park twice the first time I decided to skip it because uh, we were we had one day to either go to Europa Park or to another park in the area and the day after we had a flight back to Italy and we decided right. not to spend that day to Europa Park because I wanted to spend at least two days there so I decided we'll go to Trips Drill and we'll come back to Europa Park for a couple of days for a real visit the next time was last year I just I had this opportunity to go to both France and and Germany uh, just by train and uh, I planned a two-day visit to Europa Park little did I know you had to book your ticket in advance for the park I had no problem in France and when I got to Germany uh, I was like oh I'll, I'll buy the ticket tonight for tomorrow unfortunately the park was completely booked for the next five days so oh. i could not do anything and my choice went to 
just leave the hotel early and go to Cologne and go to Fantasyland instead. And right. that's what they did. But yeah, that was so you missed out on yeah, yeah, so you missed out on Europa Park. Kind of one last kind of mainline question for you. Uh, you know, we've talked a lot about different coasters and parks. We talked about self-confidence and how that's gotten better for you and fight, facing fear. Any advice you'd like to give people in, in terms of, you know, those sort of more serious things about facing fears and having better confidence, self-confidence or anything along those lines? For my own experience, I can say that the biggest problem about is from my experience, I can say that the worst part about fear is not the fear of the thing itself, is the thought about that fear. So for example, uh, if I fear needles, for example, and I have the vaccine in a couple of weeks, if I constantly think about, oh, I, I have to get the vaccine, I have to get an injection or whatever, I have way more fear than if I just don't think about it, go like-minded. Like that is my, my main suggestion is try not to think about what scares you until it's too late. Because right. usually when you find yourself in that situation that scares you, it's not as scary as you made up made it up to be in your mind. Right. So that is my right. biggest suggestion. That's a great suggestion, Jacopo. Totally agree with that. Most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time, vast majority of the time, whatever it is, whatever it is that scares us, with the things we think about, the anxiety that we get thinking about it, worrying about it, makes it out to be far worse than it actually is. Whether it be, like you said, a needle. And, you know, I know David, for example, he's afraid of needles and he uh, mm -hmm. did the, you know, did, yeah, a lot of people, are. I'm not luckily, but, you know, a lot of people are, and I get it. And, you know, they're sharp and scary. And he just recently had the vaccine himself and he put a video up on social media about it that he faced his fears. Great job, David. You know, a needle, you know, it's just a little prick. It, it doesn't hurt very much. It's very quick. It doesn't last long. So it's nowhere near as bad as we think it is. You know, your first experience facing fears on coasters, like we talked about at the beginning of the interview, that prepping you so that you're not scared of other coasters in the future. Well, guess what? Not only did that first coaster facing your fears in a healthy and successful manner, not only did prepare you for coasters later on it prepared you for all fear in life where okay something that's really genuinely scary and intimidating and could have really bad repercussions yeah it, you're going to feel afraid of it yeah i'm not saying you're going to never fear have any feelings of fear you're not as likely to feel as intense a fear or for it to be as paralyzing because you faced fear successfully before does that make sense mm -hmm. so yeah. we call that I, we, we talk about a little bit on the show talk about you know fear training or facing fear training so i think that's really great advice along those lines to remind people to help train themselves to not let fear overcome them to remind them that you know what a lot of the time with a needle it's not going to be anywhere near as bad as you are thinking about it so just don't think about it just put it out of your mind use mindfulness go to a park get your theme park therapy get that you know immersion in the parks and that distraction the highly themed environment escape from the world getting that adrenaline on coasters and thrill rides which is another way to besides the immersion that, that theme park therapy works and just distract yourself and you know give yourself relief that's a form of mindfulness to you know, theme parks probably the ultimate form of mindfulness where you're, you know, normally we think of mindfulness as doing breathing exercises or yoga, where, you know, for a couple minutes, you're mindful. Well, theme parks, you could be mindful potentially all day, you could be distracted all day long, or at least most of the day. So that's my, you know, great advice. If you're facing something really scary, a scary interview, go to a theme park today. So last thing, Jacopo, uh, I know you and I connected on Instagram, but if you'd like any any social media that you'd like to share with the audience, feel free to share right now how people can find you and, and talk to you all about coasters you've been on in Europe and all our American audience probably would like to chat with you. So, Well, I'm not 
not really that active posting on Instagram, but it's probably the best way, the best place to find me. Right. Uh, my username is uh, IACB underscore. Yeah, you can contact me. I'm always available. Almost. Almost. <laughs> Great. Well, thank you, uh, Yokopa. I really enjoyed our conversation. We had some good talk about facing fear and self-confidence and some great advice from you at the end. And I really enjoyed our conversation talking about coasters and all these coasters that people like myself are dreaming to get on and parks are dreaming to get to. And yet you've been there. And uh, and that's so awesome. And loved, loved hearing your perspective. So thank you very much for joining me today. My pleasure. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Lapuco. That was a really amazing interview, Iva. Yes, it was. I learned so much just how you can train your mind to help face your fears. You know, and the one thing I got out of this interview was I love the fact that, and I know you do this a lot, David, when you visit some of the parks that you've uh, just visited for your first time, is purchasing the flash pass or your your fast lane passes. The one thing that I really took out of this interview was the fact that Lepuko, when he wanted to ride his the one coaster, which was Cantoon, he purchased the fast pass. So that way, you know, when you're waiting in a normal queue line, you have to wait sometimes two hours or more, especially for those popular rides. And then with the flash pass, it cuts your line wait time literally in half or into next nothing is we all know with you know purchasing them and and it, ha- and it helps make it to where you have less time to think about what you're want- getting ready to ride so your anxiety it's not as building up as you normally when you're sitting waiting in a line like oh my gosh i'm gonna be riding this thing am i gonna be able to do it am i gonna be able to face my fears but when you're don't have the chance the opportunity to second guess yourself or change your mind that really helps too because you're not focusing on the scary part you're thinking of how fun this ride's gonna be yeah exactly and it's just like with a lot of people especially people who have disabilities and autism or adhd or add the patience of having to stand in a long line like i've i've stand in some lines that have been about almost three hours long and you know it's like it's really hard to stand that long in a closed tight area especially those that are claustrophobic it is hard it is very hard especially for some people and that's why there are special passes like the flash pass but there's also the handicap pass there's all these other other parks have other passes where you can get a return time where you can be able to just go in, get a time and then go and then come back and then you can be able to get on that ride at a decent time, which is the parks do a good job of trying to accommodate, especially when people who have like these kind of disabilities, which I fully support and understand too. And so, yeah, I mean, it was a great interview. Really want to thank Lapuco for coming on and also representing Thrills United Month with Logan and Jeff and everybody. And I think that was really fantastic. We've got another exciting uh, Thrills United Month episode coming up next week. And I hope you guys are eager to come and join us on every friday but justin how can they find us on social media if you enjoyed today's episode be sure to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast and if you want to see more from us we upload every friday and check us out on facebook instagram twitter youtube all at coaster challenge links in the description thank you justin yes guys we've got a very exciting month this is the first episode of thrills united month and we've got three more exciting episodes coming up next all throughout the month of january every friday we're gonna have a new episode make 
make sure to like and subscribe us on your favorite podcast network. Also, if you guys are listening on the Apple podcast, we highly recommend you guys please send us a review. Uh, make sure to give us a review on Apple podcast or if you're on Podbean, we also recommend that as well. Anything you like, make sure to check us out at CoasterChallengeUSA.com and make sure to check out our Coaster Challenge store where we have awesome merchandise, hats, shirts, hoodies, and all the proceeds from that is donated to charity every year. Make sure to uh, check out our store and uh, make sure to purchase a merch. But until then, this is David Cantu. And this is Ivish Heitzley. We'll see you all next week right here on Coaster Challenge.